Welcome back to Cover Stories. This is part two of two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're, oh, yeah. We've got um, Cooper. Hey, how you doing, <laughs> We got Pat. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and uh, they will be performing uh, Saver Complex by Phoebe Bridgers. Mm-hmm. First, just jumping right into it. Why this song? Um, you know, I just love Phoebe Bridgers so much. She... Uh, I think more so than anybody in the last couple of years has like influenced my playing and my music and everything. There's a she's just affected me more than anybody else. I just love her a lot. So that's I, what, you know, that's what draws us together because yeah, because Connor Opers, which we did in the last episode, yeah, and Phoebe have made that band together, and he probably affected me more than so anybody. So here's the cool part about this: is that's the last time Connor Opers' name will ever be mentioned on this <laughs> podcast because no more Connor of our system. No, that, that, I, I just wanted to get it out here <laughs> and, and tie the tie the yeah I, tie uh, it together here. I would say like in the last couple of years, there have been several people that have. Uh, just like affected me musically and uh, Phoebe's definitely like at the top of the list. Phoebe and I, I mentioned her last time, but Natalie Maring, uh, Wise Blood, Mitski, just like a few, a few songwriters just like blow my mind. But there's some about Phoebe and the fact that she just released Punisher and I love that whole record, but some about like the melody from this, uh, this song, Pat and I were kind of messing around and it just, it kind of fits our, like what we, like in certain melodies and harmony and stuff. I, th- so. I thought it was interesting too because you love Phoebe so much; she's incredible. But then she also produced an album recently. Oh yeah, and yeah, speak to that. Speak to that. Yeah. So, uh, have you listened to "Beginners" by Christian Lee Hudson? No. It's it came out this year as well, um, and I saw him the first time because he opened for Better Oblivion Community Center. I'm not mentioning who else is in that record. <laughs> Who's in that band? Um, but uh, no, so Phoebe and Connor, obviously, but he plays guitar in that band. Um, and he's an incredible guitar player, um, very understated yet talented in terms of like his uh, fingerstyle playing and the tones that he gets. And it's very Elliot Smith-esque. But um, yeah, my girlfriend Devin and I went to go see that show like on a whim got there early he was opening and he just sat on the stage at Stubbs with an acoustic guitar and uh just like blew everybody away it was amazing and so we really dug that and then he put out the record this year and it was advertised as produced by Phoebe Bridgers and I you know had seen him before I was like man that's gonna be great and it did not disappoint it was like uh for me this year like Phoebe's record is pretty high on the list but he is kind of right there with it you know yeah that's been it was one um, of my favorites too it's just incredible. like every you know everything it takes all the stuff that we love about phoebe and connor and elliot smith but also hey bring him back last episode Joni mitchell very inspired by that and uh john prine jackson brown all that good stuff that we love singer songwriter wise uh but the tones, man, it's so good. She the, did such a good top job producing it. Like, yeah, like yeah. she's an amazing, amazing artist, and has released these two, just two albums. She's only had two albums, but it released yeah. these two great albums, and then she goes and produces. Yeah, one of my favorite albums I've heard ever. Is, yeah, it's so it, Hudson it, album. it's such like a a goal for me to make something that like intimate as that as that record, and it made me appreciate her a lot more. 
Because I, I, mean, I loved her music as like a musician yeah. and as an artist and a lyricist and all this. She does this incredible job. But then she she sh- she was like, look, I can also do this. And yeah. she doesn't like, I think she sings on the album like once as a background singer. Yeah. But she produces this whole beautiful, beautiful, beautiful album. So like uh, a couple months ago, I saw, because I follow him on Instagram. He posted this thing in the midst of... Uh, like a lot of people donating time and money and all this to certain uh, funds related to Black Lives Matter. And he basically posted this thing that was like, if you send me a receipt that you donated, um, I'll give you a guitar lesson. So uh, I had released a single and the like band camp funds went towards the NAACP and all that stuff. Uh, Legal Defense Fund. And I sent him that, and I was like, hey, man, I'd love to talk to you about this album. Um, so if you're down to, like, instead of a guitar lesson, just talk to me about the production of this record. And he was, like, the nicest dude ever. Uh, yeah. I, got to, I got to FaceTime with him a little bit. Um, and I was, like, really afraid, i.e. Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, of being the, like, overzealous fan that, like, <laughs> bugs the, the artist. Because I'm obsessed with his album and stuff. But... Um, I, w- I wrote down a bunch of questions and I was like, I'll talk to this guy for like 15, 20 minutes. And he ended up like talking to me for like over an hour. Like he, he was so nice and so like inspiring to talk to. He plays guitar on the whole Phoebe album, right? Yeah. He's all over it. Um, and it was really cool because I'm in the process of like recording a, a record right now and there's so much like interesting stuff. I think at this point in my like life, I'm very inspired by like seventies singer songwriter, Laurel Canyon stuff. And also like mid nineties alternatives, pixies, like we were talking about and uh, pavement pavement. (laughs) Dude, let's talk pavement here in just a minute. But um, (laughs) I feel like he combines that with like a ton of his tones on acoustic guitar. I play mostly acoustic and, I think a lot of people think that it's kind of a one-trick pony in terms of how you can produce an acoustic guitar, but all over that record, he's got super muted stuff, or he has, he told me he's got this kind of like rubber bridge almost that really mutes the strings, um, and there's like, I think some nylon stuff, he's running acoustic through an electric amp where the vocal mic gets picked up and doubled, like it's just this really interesting stuff that when you listen to the album, it's so understated but it's all really beautiful, lush production. Um, and he talked a lot about Phoebe, and it, it was like one of the most inspiring like musical conversations I've ever had. So Phoebe Bridgers, Christian Lee Hudson. You're like one degree separation from Phoebe Bridgers, though, with that conversation you had with her. Yeah. Or I, with I, him, sorry. It, yeah, it was, it was so cool. Um, and he was like, hey, man, like people that you – like music wise aren't like they're a lot nicer than you expect so if you want to talk to them just like send them a dm isn't isn't that how he got in her band Uh, yeah i don't know i don't necessarily know for a fact he said something to the effect of like because he's from la Mm -hmm. she lives in la whatever i'm pretty sure they just met like he like reached out or like went to a show or something like that it's fucking crazy and they're just they're incredible incredible musicians and um much like how we discussed about some other dude in the last episode. Wise <laughs> he, beyond their he years. He who shall not be named. Yeah. Wise <laughs> beyond their years in terms of songwriting. It's 
emotional stuff that I think a lot of um, like less experienced people would maybe say is like depressing or or whatever, but it's not emo. It's yeah. People would be like, (laughs) Oh, that's emo. It's not, it's, I mean, maybe it is, but it's, uh, it touches the heart. It does. You know? Yeah. I I think that the thing that's interesting about her is that, I mean, she's very young. She's been doing this since she was 20 professionally. And even before then she'd gotten a lot of attention and, uh, I, I was listening to her and, and Connor Oberst on, uh, the, the, turned out a punk podcast and she was talking about how she grew up on like Avril Lavigne and it's so funny because hearing her music you would never think that but then you think about like who she is as a person and and where that that's a starting point where it led to and she just I mean she doesn't sound like she's in her 20s she sounds like she's and then just her not just her voice but the maturity of her sound and everything that she brings to the table I mean she's definitely got a, a prodigy aspect to her but she sounds like someone who's been doing this for 20, 30 years. Yeah. I think it's it's cool because my girlfriend and I, definitely our relationship has blossomed through the lens of certain musicians, right? So when we first got together, it was like a ton of Mitski. Um, do you listen? Do you dig on Mitski? I, I like her. Like, I like her. I, I couldn't name a song, but anything okay, yeah. I've heard from her, I've definitely liked. She's. Uh, you guys went to, like, West Texas. You yeah, know, followed we've, her on we've tour. followed Mitski around, like, all over the place. And it has basically, like, soundtracked our relationship. And Phoebe Bridgers has become, like, a certain extension of that, right? And uh, I think that something interesting about her, which, I mean, I remember when, like, my sister Riley was... I don't know, like in her early teens, she was like obsessed with Avril Lavigne and like Britney Spears and like angsty, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, stuff like that. And it's cool because it it's almost like I kind of feel like if my sister were because she started playing guitar before I did and then she stopped. But it's like almost like if she stuck with it and was like, writing music now as like a mature adult, but like was incepted by (laughs) Avril Lavigne. You know, it's, there's a, this, this girl making music, Biba Doobie. Biba Doobie. You know what I'm saying? Um, And she has a song, I Wish I Was Stephen Malkmus. Pavement. (laughs) Um, And Pavement, let me tell you, rocks. But yeah, she's like super inspired by uh, Pavement. But, she had released this song recently called Care, and she says in a genius video where she runs down the lyrics that she made it for, like, girls to, like, rock out to and, like, cry to in their room. And I feel like that's, like, when my sister was listening to Complicated by Avril Lavigne <laughs> or Devin, my girlfriend, listening to Avril Lavigne, like, with her friends and stuff. But it's almost like this super badass like pavement inspired version of that where the music and the instrumentation, because I feel like we write off like that era of rock where it's like from mix 96.1. Yeah. Like Avril Lavigne doing like pop rock stuff when it's like, Oh yeah, that's like a pop hit from, I don't know what year that was 2001 or something like that. But, uh, and now it's almost like we unfairly give, like credit to like these badass indie rock writers like Phoebe Bridges or whatever. But where are the roots? Yeah, the roots <laughs> truly and it's like 
I don't know. I, I kind of feel the same way about bands that we might write off right now as like, ugh, that's kind of lame. But like, I fucking love Green Day for a long ass time. And I still do for a lot of reasons because... But Blink-182 is better. Blink-182 <laughs> is... Is this a versus? I actually... <laughs> I didn't know that this was... We were talking about trash music. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But there's certain bands like that, whatever, that... Weezer. Now, Weezer's one of those too. Weezer was bad after Pinkerton, and you know it. Um, Not, yeah. Have you heard the White Album? The White Album is so good. By the Beatles? Yeah, I yeah. love the Beatles. Yeah, the White Album is actually one of my favorite albums. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, it's like this weird thing where right now I feel like a lot of music that one might say is like a guilty pleasure band or whatever, like they need to get the credence and the respect that they deserve because they truly inspire what like in the moment right now is like, Oh my God, this is like groundbreaking indie who, music. Who are you talking about? Like bands that get talking about like Billie Eilish pleasure. or something. No, I'm not saying Billie Eilish. Although let's talk about that guitar we play in the video. Yo, that's a pretty cool white guitar that you're playing in this. So in this there's video. a couple things that I want to address <laughs> really quick. So there's a white guitar in this video in both of our videos. Uh, that is a Taylor 517 Grand Pacific. Um, it's not a 517E, as you can see by the condenser microphone that's picking up that sound. There is no E. Um, no E, Mr. McKee. Yeah. A shout out Chris McKee. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it is a Taylor 517E in white. White. White with a... Is that... Madagascar Rosewood, or is that no, mahogany I think it's on the mahogany. So it's Patrick's guitar. I typically play my uh, my own acoustic in my own videos, but this is Patrick's guitar because I'm wearing an all white jumpsuit today, which is a little uh, nod to Phoebe Bridgers actually, because yeah. this jumpsuit is from Big Bud Press in Los Angeles, California. They make very cool, uh, very fair trade unisex clothing. And Phoebe Bridgers, in a lot of her videos, photos, interviews, etc., you might see her wearing an all-black jumpsuit from Big Bud Press. I saw an interview with her in GQ. She was shouting out the Big Bud Press, so I went and got the matching white version. Hell yeah. That's not how I typically say white, by the way. <laughs> it's just, it's just nice with a little uh, whiskey. <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm wearing the all-white jumpsuit to pay tribute to Phoebe Bridgers and Big Bud Press, which I really like all of their clothes. Shout out. And I'm Plug. playing the the all-white guitar from Taylor. Andy which, Powers. Yeah, shout out Andy Powers, the Builders who was it built, Who was it built for? Wait, so here's the thing. Um, me and also Zach Cavender, who is here with us right now, who refuses to be on microphone. Can you say something out loud and get, it gets picked up on one of these? Okay, well, he just said probably not. I don't know if you heard that one. I anyway, hope you heard. So, uh, Zach Cavender and I work in the marketing department at Alamo Music Center. Yo, yo, yo. Um, and he often takes a lot of photos of beautiful instruments with which that I can access on our shared Dropbox folder and then make as listings that you might see on our website or Amazon or eBay or Reverb. And one morning, I went into Alamo Music and I was looking through the pictures that were recently taken maybe by Josh, who uh, I don't think you were there yet. I'm not quite sure. This was a long time ago. 
But there was an all-white 517 Grand Pacific Taylor uh, that was, like, basically custom um, that I saw photos of, and I don't typically play a ton of Taylor guitars, but this just looked incredible. So I ran downstairs to the warehouse, and I found this guitar, and I brought it upstairs because I wanted to play it, and I was informed by our boss, Chris McKee, that Taylor built this thing to spec for Phineas, the brother of Billie Eilish, and they played it together on, I believe, Jimmy Fallon, Um, and he backed her up, and they were doing something, or now that I think about it, I think it was a Phineas solo performance. I that I could be wrong, but I believe that's what it was. Um, he's a talented producer and musician, and he was on the Tonight Show with his sister or not, either way, and he played an all-white Grand Pacific 517. And after they did this prototype, he wanted the headstock and I think the neck to be matching white. 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 <laughs> and um, so they built him one to spec, and they sent it to him, and he played on The Tonight Show, and our <laughs> Taylor rep, JR, offered it to Alamo Music to sell because it's basically a one-off, and it's a really cool instrument. So I brought it upstairs from the warehouse, and Pat took one look at it, and he bought it for himself. <laughs> and uh, It's I beautiful. Was, I was like, that's so cool because... You looked, you looked great with it today. Yeah, because I'm wearing the all-white jumpsuit. Yeah. I got the all-white guitar. But I was like, man, that's cool because Pat will like be playing it on recordings and then I'll get to take it into the studio and I'll get to record on it. And then I found out soon after that Patrick envisioned it as a piece of wall art. My <laughs> wife wanted that white guitar for the wall. Do you think Phoebe would play a white white guitar? No, which is interesting because she often wears the all-white jumpsuit and plays a black acoustic guitar with a white pickguard. So I, it's cool I, I, because I'm I get to be about, a mirror like, image. Do you know anything about the skeleton jumpsuit she wears? I think it might be a little overplayed, honestly. I mean, it's very overplayed. <laughs> there was a picture, a meme of Flea wearing that jumpsuit of the skeleton, and it said, "Listen to listens to Phoebe Bridgers one time." <laughs> do you, Do you feel like in like thirty years it will be the same as fucking Flea wearing the Daniel Johnston shirt? <laughs> the hi, how are you? Yeah, the hi, how are you? Well, here's a interesting. So, now that you mentioned that, okay. Um, I, I would like to take some of my time on here to curate some opinions from you guys. <laughs> I love it. So a couple days ago, I believe two days ago, because what is today, the 23rd? I believe Friday, August 21st was Joe Strummer's birthday who? from The Clash. Did you say who? <laughs> you were talking about, okay. I, I thought he was in The Who, sorry, not The Clash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me just say real quick, if you happen to listen to the previous episode, Patrick talks a lot about like punk rock and like who, um, like you know Connor maybe being inspired with Despacito or whatever. Fucking Clash, bro. Um, and then he just said "who" to Joe Strummer. So let's just write off everything that Patrick said in the last episode <laughs> as some some garbage. But um, so on YouTube there was a streamed. Um, is that the past test with a chance of stream? <laughs> it was a streamed. Uh, Joe Strummer's birthday stream. And there are a lot of people that we probably all really like. R.I.P. Yeah, that paid tribute to Joe Strummer. One of which being Jeff Tweedy. And he was wearing a Hi, How Are You <laughs> snapback. Wait, can you just go over who Jeff Tweedy is? He sang in The Clash for a long time. No. <laughs> um, Jeff we, Tweedy. We, 
we were talking what we were talking about scenes earlier we were talking about and i mean earlier like in the first podcast so if you're you're joining us from podcast one this is <laughs> podcast two but we were talking about scenes and how being from the omaha scene would be incredible because you got like bright eyes you got cursive you got all these things how amazing would it be to be from Chicago or Seattle where yeah. I, I feel like there was these incredible Oh, yeah. Spurts. I mean, so... The Wilco, thing is, Jeff Tweedy. Wilco, probably more so than any band, is like one that Patrick and I overlap on the most. So let's just think about this. So let's say like somebody at one point was like, oh, man, like Bruce Springsteen, who Patrick doesn't love <laughs> somebody at some point when bruce springsteen was putting out stuff was like oh my god like this guy's the new dylan because he's you know a blue collar songwriter but i think at some point somebody was probably making like let's just use an analogy bruce springsteen is to bob dylan as connor oberst is to jeff tweedy shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what do you think about Wilco? I like and Wilco. I, I honestly, I'm like very surface level. Oh, was it Yankee Hotel Foxtrot or Yankee oh, Foxtrot yeah. Hotel? Heavy metal drummer goes hard. Uh, Ezra Furman did a cover of it for the AV Undercover. Did, I love Ezra Furman. Dude. He does a. Re- have you heard the cover of his cover? I have of it? not. It's great. He's like on a Ferris wheel. Really? It's him and an acoustic guitar recording it, and it made me love the song even more. Like he's just badass. Him by himself. Yeah, he's very badass. Have but, you heard of Ezra Furman? I have not. So have you seen that live performance? I forget, like, I think it's a for a radio station of Suck the Blood from My Wound with the sax doing that, like, synth line. Not. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Uh, So, yeah, heavy metal drummers, an amazing song. Yeah. yeah you, so gotta get, you gotta get more into Wilco, though. Cause I you know. Would, you would really they're, enjoy it. They're basically what the replacements were for me 10 years ago because I was like, I need to get into replacements. And then Dude. I did. So uh, replacements, with, and that's and I bring that up because that's what brought Phoebe and Connor together. It was their love for the replacements. They did a replacements cover at mm-hmm. the. What uh, song did they do? Um, I need to look it up. <laughs> I just remember because uh, so up until not too long ago, I was pretty inexperienced on replacements, and I still am. Is, uh, that, is that Glenn Hansard? No. What's the I move? think you're referring to the What's Swell the? Season, the no, Frames, no. Once. No, but what's the movie? Is it the replacements is a movie? That's with Keanu Reeves when he plays a football Shane player. Falco. Falco. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember at the end of that movie? What's the movie I'm thinking of? Where it's about a band in Ireland. Sing Street. No, there's Sing like a, Street. No, there's Sing Street goes hard. Sing Street is I like amazing. Street, it's dude. so good. The music saw, in there. Have you been to Fiesta 16 over on? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, not a while, but yeah. I saw uh, Devin and I saw Sing Street. At Yes, to 16. It's Every like a dollar song movie. in there is so perfect. It was perfect. a great movie, yeah. dude. It's the Riddle of the Model, dude. Yeah, that's the my girl, I think that's model. my girlfriend's favorite. That one, I love um, Brown Boots and Drive It Like You Stole It. I yeah. know it's cliche, <laughs> but that, that's... Uh, and I, like I just love watching the, the, the images in the, in, the, in the movie. Okay, so... The Commitments was the movie I was thinking of. 1991. Glenn Hansard is in that movie. Okay, well, I think you are referring to Once, maybe. No, so not. do you remember at the end of Replacements, at the end of the game... When the uh, the kicker is like, you saved my ass. Yeah. He's like, take care. <laughs> and he just says, take care. My dad says that all the time. He'll be like, hey, take care. Because that's the dumbest line in the whole movie. But it's so good, dude. I love that movie. Okay, so, um, yeah. So they did a replacement song as Better Oblivion. It's very cool. 
And recently I've shown Patrick and Zach that I bought this uh, tape deck in Austin a couple years ago. Well, you know, when I was at UT, I think it was maybe like four or five years ago, six years ago, maybe. Either way, I got this tape deck. I never got it to work. Recently I got it to work and I bought some cassettes. It sounds very cool. It's warbly and warm and kind of just like very lo-fi, but it's cool. And I'm recording like a little EP on the the tape right now and uh, swinging parties on there because that's like the song that got me into the replacements, uh, which I like. I like that song a lot. So recently I've just been really getting to them. But Rock Band, the video game, got me into the replacements because Alec Kilton's on there, and that's one of my favorite songs of all time. That's what I was going to say. So... He was in Big Star. Yeah. Um, he died recently, I believe. I think so. Um, also, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds right to me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my dad, a couple years ago, watched a documentary about Big Star and told me about Alex. And then I got into Big Star and Lemon Twigs. Hell yeah. Uh, who we also really love. We want to we wanna fucking plug Lemon Twigs right now. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're the fucking greatest fucking band ever. And they're probably 20, what are they, 22 and 24 or something? Something like that. Yeah, they're just amazing. Incredible. They sound like they're fucking 50-year-old songwriters <laughs> that have been playing. I, I, they just are incredible. They, they sound like something straight from the 70s. They're, they're just incredible musicians. Uh, the Lemon Twigs but from New York. they obviously have been like heavily inspired by Big Star and a lot of the, that like, you know, mid seventies, cool glam rock, and then a lot of the Long Island sound and stuff. But uh, I knew about Alex from Big Star, and then I saw that I saw that name associated with the Replacements, and I thought for the longest time, oh, he left Big Star and started <laughs> the Replacements. And uh, it was pretty recently. I'm ashamed to say that I realized <laughs> that's not the case. <laughs> Isn't that like a twenty year gap? Yeah, it's a huge yeah, gap, yeah, but like, uh, and like a huge big. genre gap and everything. But uh, <laughs> it's for some reason, those obviously because of the song itself. Yeah. But uh, they're just tied together to where I'm like, oh, this is the same band. <laughs> <laughs> but they're both awesome. Dude. Yeah, they're so good. I I love. I just love the, the the hook in that song is so good, and it's the I'm in love. What's that song? Like that's just yeah. uh, that was the part of spoken. And I and I, I love the drums on rock bands. So that's like a really yeah. fun song to play on drums. But that's what got me into them. I got Please to Meet Me like a couple years later. Can't really wait is great, but the original demo is better. When yeah. they then the horn parts played by guitar. Yeah. I like surfed the web like I sound like an old person. I surfed the web. I surfed eBay trying to find that single and I didn't want to spend a lot of money on it. But I ended up finding it, and uh, they found like a cool little forty-five with the original demo on there. It's so good, and it just reminds me because I, I love like the Gin Blossoms and like that yeah. early Gin Blossoms, like the Duster demo. Yeah, you could tell was heavily influenced by the Replacements, and it just it's almost synonymous to me because they yeah. sound so similar in that in that album. So you say that you like searched eBay all over for that. Do you did any of you guys, Zach included, even though you're not on a mic, you hop on. Did you guys ever, like, when you were growing up, have parents that, like, somewhat regulated explicit music that you might listen to? Yes. <laughs> I wanted a shirt that said fucking, what was the, what was the warning they put in the bottom? Like, Parental advisor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted a shirt that said that shit on it. I was like, 
fuck the system. I listen to yeah. music with the <laughs> F word in it, mom. The thing is, uh, you know, I respect my parents, so I, uh, you know, maybe not. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so my parents, like, I mean, get the majority of the credit in terms of music that I was exposed to. My mom, actually, the first night that I hung out with Patrick, like bonded with Patrick way more than I did because they were obsessing over Towns, Van Zandt, and John Prine and everything. But parents, I was, your parents have good taste. Yeah, my parents have, had good taste too. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we're a product of parents that like put good music in front of their yeah, kids. Which totally. I totally. Any parents listening, please do that to your kids because. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine like what I would have listened to if not for my parents that like shoved certain records upon me that like now like, are like don't my listen to that shit turn that yeah. off <laughs> so i listen to 99.5 kiss rock san antonio pretty Hell much yeah, my brother. whole life um <laughs> and you know i listened to it with was it lyle and han on yeah. 99.5 or was that kzeb 104.5 they moved kzeb i think because now it's the billy madison show yeah and Fuck that's yeah. the <laughs> fucking worst trash i've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's the worst ever and nick from Alamo Music was Nick on. P. Was Shout on. Out to uh, Nick P. <laughs> was on. Uh, Billy Madison. Was he on the like where they submit his own? Yeah, intro? he taught. He told a story or something. Our, our buddies and Fader <laughs> friend had their song on there, and they like invited him on. They played their song, and he said that like they weren't used to having like professionally done music on there. And, like in the middle of it, I'm totally like going behind the curtain of what's, what goes on in that radio show. He said that they looked at them like, Oh, like, so you guys are like a real band. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, we are. Man, and like, yeah. it totally like ruined them because they were going to like shit on them, but they're like, no, this is actually like really well done. <laughs> yeah. Billy Madison, uh, you know, if I could change one thing about San Antonio, Texas, <laughs> it would be 995 kiss and the Billy Madison show. We've Not, definitely reached a point of like 99.5 Kiss Slander on this podcast where we, we're never going to get a sponsorship by them. So, yeah. so how say many what you time, need to say. How many times that can they be like, uh, here's something new on 99.5 Kiss? <laughs> and it's fucking toadies. And no, it's like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm so addicted to the things I do. Um, okay, so anyway, uh, 99.5 Kiss, I would listen all the time. And I was obsessed with Rage Against the Machine and Tool. <laughs> Probably my two favorite bands for like the first half of my life. <laughs> Shut up, Pat. You don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, my favorite song for a while there was Gorilla Radio by Rage. Really? Yes, I love that song so much Is that still to this like, day. Turn on the radio. Nah, fuck it. Turn it off. No, that's Vietnam. Oh, that's Vietnam. That's a good one, too. I love that song from Evil Empire. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Gorilla Radio is lights out. Gorilla Radio, turn, turn that, that shit, shit up. <laughs> yeah, and it was explicit. And I used to buy songs Explis. from. Yes, I used to buy songs from iTunes, and then I would throw them into Audacity and censor them, <laughs> so I could play them in my mom's car when we were driving around. And it ruined the songs so much more because it would just cut everything. So it'd be like, turn that. <laughs> up, lights out <laughs> like Gorilla Radio show up like way late it was just like the worst and it would ruin the songs so um, I found on eBay they did like a radio edit single release <laughs> for Gorilla Radio and it was like the first thing that I ever like saved up four dollars <laughs> to buy <laughs> but yeah and then I played it and my parents would get so annoyed because they're like, just put on the regular song. Like, I would do this to, like, appease them, but they didn't care. But I would feel like, oh, no, I can't listen to this uh, 
devil music, you know. But yeah, so you got to get the censored versions and the. What's uh, funny is you listen to Phoebe now, who is the Dave deviled version of music. <laughs> yeah, she she's says, she's a straight up witch, right? Or I is mean, that a rumor? That I think that's a rumor. I would say that if there's a certain artist that we listen to now, that's probably a witch. It probably be more wise blood. No, I think so. Phoebe like has no she hair color. Voodoo. She has the absence of fucking hair color. For a long time, I really thought that when I grew my hair out, I would dye it to be like Phoebe's, and I would <laughs> dye it bleach blonde and platinum or whatever. She's a she's a Satanist or a witch or something. She well, lives so in L- she I'm lives looking. in L A. Yeah, that's she's like great. a Wiccan. Yeah, no, like seriously, like I I feel like she like takes pride in that. She is a witch. <laughs> I think that it's about time for us to move to LA. You first. Okay. <laughs> it's funny I'm you down. bring up Rage and and I was in a cover band called Rage Against the Charlie Sheen and we <laughs> Oh hell yeah. We dude. ended Fuck yeah. <laughs> we ended our set with uh Killing in a Name. Hell yeah. And my uh we had like a little there's a barbecue like my family was raising money for my cousin who was sick. And uh, there's a bunch of kids there. So our lead singer changed the name. Instead of saying, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. It was barbecue, I won't do what you tell <laughs> no. me. No. And this this guy came up to us and he was like, hey, that was really clever. I Because we were like a 90s cover band. And he was like, I'm having my 20th anniversary for my high school. Would you guys like to play? <laughs> so that well, that line alone got us like another so gig awesome. that we never actually played. But uh, but yeah, along the same line. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go around. I'm gonna do some rapid fire. Yes, and both please. Of you, both of you guys have fucking an hot takes right here. Yeah, hot takes. So, uh, <laughs> rage or tool? Fucking rage. Are you stupid? Shut up, Pat. <laughs> I rage just because. Uh, what's his name? Maynard just gets on my nerves now. Maynard's a fuck Zach, lord. Zach, say it loud for everybody to hear. Tool is the answer. I don't think so. Weird is such a nerd. Like he's like, I heard my wine was vegan, so I put some bacon in it. Like <laughs> you're such a like tool. Yeah, he's also, such a tool. Also, Tom Morello is like the biggest. Tell me how many solos that you can play on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction <laughs> ceremony that you do the Bulls on Parade record scratch on your fucking arm the homeless fake strat. He was wham, the first wham. to do it. Okay. No, I think like. 55 DJs from like <laughs> the Bronx were the first to do it 90 years before he did. Fuck Tom Morello. Fuck everybody. Rage okay. Against the Machine is great. Okay, so next question. Pavement or Weezer? Fuck you, Weezer. You're lying. I, no, I would say Weezer for sure. Name uh, five Weezer songs that are good. <laughs> is that a challenge? Okay, wait, wait. Screw your opinion. So <laughs> screw your opinion. Weezer's actually in like my holy trinity of favorite bands. <laughs> Thank fucking God someone else knows the truth here. So it's 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 like almost an unfair question because there's gonna be that bias, but I fucking love pavement. <laughs> I bought the when I was in high school, I bought I was getting into pavement in high school and I bought the like double disc, like special edition of Maui Zowie and yeah. Crooked Rain. I didn't buy the one or slanted and enchanted, but I had like fucking 50 songs and I uploaded all my CDs to my iTunes. I remember my friends were going through and they're like, man, you really love pavement. I'm like, there's like B sides and there's yeah, also like, like other cakes and stuff. And I remember like being kind of embarrassed about it. But within five years, I was like, no, no, fuck you. Like pavement, pavement is rocks, dude. Fools, man. Pavement is great, but Weezer is better. You no, you you, you 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 pose that question, but 
Almost every track on Pinkerton is better than any Pink or any uh, pavement track. Okay, so rank you. So if Weezer's in your holy trinity, what what would be your three albums? So I mean, Pinkerton and Blue Album go back and forth, and I feel like as a high school kid, it was always Pinkerton. But I feel I love Rico Kasich. I love the Cars and his influence on the Blue Album. I think it's a better album, but Pinkerton means more to me. So it's one A and one B. If like that counts. That. I like that. That's a good Shut answer. <laughs> That's a great answer. You Sorry. don't like the blue album. I do <laughs> like the blue album. And you don't like the cars. The green and you don't album like is bad. Kasich. The green album is not bad, but it's like not as good. The it's blue fine. album. Oh yeah, blue I love Pinkerton. Hash Pipe. <laughs> oh fuck, fuck Hash Pipe. And photograph is good. I like Photograph. Green album's okay. Island in the Sun's fine. I like no, White it's Album not. better though. What about Maladroit? I like. Maladroit. I couldn't get into Maladroit. Fuck, Maladroit is good. They're, Everything after. Pinkerton gets worse and worse. No, White Mal- Album is so good. White Album is like a throwback to the Pinkerton era. I like White Album, but Maladroid, I re- there's some great songs that get forgotten on the Maladroid album. We can just turn this into a Weezer podcast. This is my, <laughs> this is my episode. Okay, so uh, best Beatles album. Quick, don't think. Oh, goddamn. White and Abby like, fight for me, you know? Nope. I was going <laughs> to say Revolver just to fit in that like, indie vibe. Yeah, dude. Revolver's good, but... Revolver's better than... No. Okay, worst Beatles album. I said Revolver's (laughs) better than, and you said no. No. I could have said Revolver's better than the Billie Eilish record. No. No. Uh, I mean, the Beatles have a lot of bad albums. No, they don't. Early on? What are you talking about? I never really liked the boy band stuff in, yeah, as a kid, but as I've gotten older, it's it's got a nice little... I want to hold your hand. <laughs> that was a single that wasn't even on a record, so... What, here Come the Beatles yourself, or Hello slut. the Beatles? What the fuck was the name of the album? Help. So it was uh, Please Please Me. Nope. That's a great album. It's okay. Chains. My baby's got me locked up in chains. <laughs> That's a great album, dude. No! With the, the Beatles, uh, Beatles for Sale. Bad, bad, bad. Hard Day's Night. Okay. Revolver. That's Rubber Soul. Yeah, good. Rubber Soul is really good, too. Oh, Rubber Soul's really good. That's Shut a nice hot up. take, loser. <laughs> Rubber, so- <laughs> Rubber Soul is fucking good. And then fucking... <laughs> that, that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. Oh, yeah, Rubber Soul's good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Okay, what about this? Um... Pat, don't answer. You too. Wait, no, you too or Pink Floyd? Pink Floyd, shut up. Wait, okay. Pink Floyd or... Uh, no, don't shut up. Okay. Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Yeah! Zeppelin, okay. So I'm going to put a hot take on this one. Zeppelin's the best band of all time. Shut the fuck up! Zeppelin sucks! Okay, when you're thinking about uh, consistency and a bunch of members of a band that are absolutely some of the best at what they're doing, Zeppelin hit the target every single time. Zeppelin had a ton of precision and a lot of accuracy. Pink Floyd had impeccable accuracy, but not a ton of precision. (laughs) So they hit the absolute center of the bullseye two and a half times. And then they were like throwing out, like they missed the dartboard a lot. But Led Zeppelin hit a pretty, you know, modest zone a lot of times. I suck. Shut up. <laughs> See, everything that you say truly invalidates all of your opinions. So, you two, here's what I was going to ask you. Billy Joel or Bruce Springsteen? 
Bruce Springsteen. I mean, it's. I know it's uncool to like Billy Joel, but I like Billy Joel. I feel like a more fair is like Billy Joel or Paul Simon. So Paul uh, Simon. I like Paul Simon too, but I, I think like they're. <laughs> I like both, both of those. <laughs> Shut up. I like both, both are of good. Those. <laughs> Have you guys listened to Nylon Curtain? Nylon Curtain has one good song. <laughs> it's got like 10 good songs. Okay. So, Paul Simon, Graceland, or Vampire Weekend Contra. <laughs> are those the same album? <laughs> I think they're the same. I, I took, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I took this. Uh, you went to UT? Yes. I went there also. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hook them, baby. Um, and I had I, I had an extra elective, and I took this African-American music course, which was naturally taught by a white professor. But he was like a <laughs> – he was a total – like he looked like Kevin Smith if Kevin Smith like was born in Brooklyn in like 1980. Um, so he was a younger guy. He was – he was pretty cool, but that's when Vampire Reckon was getting really big, and he talks about that comparison to Graceland, and um, I remember being really upset because I liked, I like, I still like Vampire Weekend, but he missed the like the whole like the underlying like joke about the band, the fact that like they were they were very aware that they were like gentrifying this African sound, and it was almost like a commentary on top of that. And he was just like, yeah, you got these fucking yacht, yacht, yacht rock kids like covering oh this. God. Like Paul Simon did it better with Graceland. <laughs> and we got in this huge argument about it. But uh, to answer your question, yeah, I like the vampire. <laughs> we kind of want more. Didn't more Los, than Paul Simon? They're, 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 that, that album. Didn't Los Lobos like play? It wasn't Graceland. It was a later Paul Simon album. And he didn't have anything written. I heard this story. And he didn't have anything written. So they would practice their own songs. And Paul Simon was like, oh, that sounds great. I'm taking that and stole a bunch of their songs in the studio session. I don't know if that's true, but I I could have sworn I heard that. I'm going to try my best to forget that you just said that. (laughs) Um, So would you take Los Lobos or... uh, No, I would never take them anywhere. Los Lobos or Los Lonely Boys? Oh, okay. Los Lobos. (laughs) Los Lobos. (laughs) Okay. Los Lobos or Sex Pistols. See, I've got this weird thing about Sex Pistols, and I feel like the Buzzcocks are what the Sex Pistols should have been because the yeah. Buzzcocks were authentic. Because they were actually talented. And the Sex Pistols were essentially, like, Malcolm McLaren, RIP, but he was basically Lou Pearlman. Like, he did what Lou Pearlman did with the Backstreet Boys to the Absolutely. Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols was fabricated. Yeah. It was as much of a boy band as fucking One Direction. There was a, like, I don't know if it was Behind the Music or some VH1. They did they're talking about, like, 1992. And they were talking about how Johnny Rotten said something when Nirvana came up. No, no, it was Pete Townsend from from The Who. Um, he said that when Nirvana came up, he's like, oh, it's great that, like, America finally has, like, its own punk rock beginning. And everyone was like, fuck you. Like, you know, like, yeah, you, whatever. You you guys were integral, integral in, like, the, the coming up of punk rock. But 1977 happens, CBGB happens, and then Malcolm McLaren takes that and turns it into the Sex Pistols. Just into boy band. Yeah. And uh, okay. I love the Buzzcocks. Yeah. Okay. Sufjan Stevens or... My Rajneesh. My Rajneesh, Sufjan Stevens, or Todd Rundgren. Uh, Todd Rundgren. Ooh. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Really? Sufjan is garbage. I'd take Todd Rundgren over the best Sufjan is, song. You know, which, he, you know he produced Meatloaf, right? Bad Out of Hell? Yeah, and Meatloaf was in Tenacious D, Pick of Destiny. <laughs> so Tenacious D yeah. or System of a Down, <laughs> what would you take? <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Back to punk. Okay, so uh, Buzzcocks or Clash? Clash. I, I think 
I like the pop sensibility of Buzzcocks. I love the Clash, but like pop, like just the the pop. I I think that the, you got to go with Clash, bro. I think it's the you cooler. Can't. It's the cooler answer. Like it, there's no way to like. Okay, wait, wait. Clash or Ramones? Ramones. Shut your mouth. I just I <laughs> I'm not gonna say that the Ramones are better. I just like the Ramones more. And okay, okay. The Ram- the Ramones were like a cool T-shirt. <laughs> okay, so in terms of T-shirts, Ramones or Joy Division? <laughs> Ooh, get the fucking Joy Division out of here. Okay, Joy Division or Smiths? Uh, I mean, Joy Division. I just feel like Morrissey's recent like white nationalism has made me like. Yeah, <laughs> Christian Lee Hudson shouts out that and uh, Northsiders, Morrissey apologists. I love that. Yeah, that's what he says. Okay, so Rusty is like the worst fucker in the world. <laughs> I love Johnny Marr though. I love. He's got my last name, and I have his guitar. I have a Johnny Marr signature. Oh, for real? Yeah, I, it was an accident, but I have it, <laughs> and I love that. It guitar. wasn't an accident. You won it at a Fender Casino I, Night at yeah. a dealer event. Yeah, I won it. Like that's as, not an accident. Like that's fucking, privilege. It was like a gamble. It was like a gamble, and the fucking Johnny Marr like showed up in my in my arms. My last name is Marr, spelled the same exact way, and I was like. Fuck, this guitar is fucking awesome. It's an Olympic white Jaguar. It's amazing. It's a Jaguar with a fucking Jazzmaster neck and a fucking Mustang fucking bridge. And That's then it's got cool. bare knuckle pickups on it. It's a fucking cool guitar. I, I was like, cool this is my electric forever now. Like, I love when he joined Modest Mouse. Because I, I like Modest Mouse. Don't, up, get, but- don't get him started on Modest Mouse here. <laughs> Cooper, Cooper, let's hear your hot take on Modest Mouth. No, what were you gonna say about Modest? Well, Mouse? I, I just love, I like, like what he brought to Modest Mouse. Um, I remember getting into them when they got big with like Float On. They're great, and all my friends were like, who love them, were like, no, Moon in Antarctica. You have to listen to the old stuff. And they then, have, they have four. They're like Weezer. They have a couple of good <laughs> albums where it's like, and then they got bad later. Like, I, I honestly like Weezer and Modest Mouse have this like con- Death Cab too. They have this connection of like heavy hitters up front. And then just kind of fall off as there's an underdog aspect to it, I mm-hmm. think. And I feel like, I mean, when Pinkerton Pinkerton came out, like Rolling Stone put it as one of the worst albums. Just panned it. Yeah, people hated that shit. And like, you listen to it, and you're just like, this is fucking raw. Like this guy yeah. is fucking singing. His fucking <laughs> this guitar guy's singing. Man. Yeah, no, no, he's he's fucking like singing his heart out. Fucking the guitars are going in perfect fuzzy, unison, and and cool. like fucking harmonies are going. Very you're cool just like. Album. Fuck, this is great music. Do you like the rentals? I don't know who that Matt is. Matt Sharp's Matt Sharp, the original bassist of Weezer, started a band around the same time as a side project. And they're really fucking good. They use a lot out. of Mog keyboard. Moog. Moog. Yeah. Is it Moog? Moog. It's Moog. It's Moog. <laughs> Mog, Moog, Moog. <laughs> I knew it was it Moog. Something. It looks Moog. like Moog, but it, yeah. It's Moog. That, Moog. Fuck, that fucker went to, so uh, another plug, Alamo Music Center. Shut up. The, fucking Moog, the, the, the <laughs> Moog guy came to Alamo Music Center in like the late 60s or whatever and did like a whole presentation on his fucking technology and all that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Moog is like. It's I, the forefront. And yeah, the yeah, it's the, it's synonymous with like analog synthesizer, and you're like, I want a Moog, I want a fucking. Yeah, I wish I could get some of that. Dave Smith, fucking you ever heard "Everything in Its Right Right Place" by Radiohead? Who the fuck? Oh wait, let, can we do a comparison with Radiohead? Okay, so who's the best band? Radiohead. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's the only comparison uh, we need. We're right sponsored there. by Pitchfork now, yeah, so yeah. Have fucking to say that. Radiohead, okay. fucking. But um, Radiohead is the best band. Go on. John Mayer does a really good cover of Kid A. Uh, okay, sorry. Patrick, you love that cover. <laughs> He's the one that told me about the Kid A cover by John Mayer. 
Um, so I would say that yes, John Mayer does a very good cover of Kid A. Also, Punch Brothers do a very good cover of Kid A. There's a band called Calico Horse, and I've never heard anything else about it, but they do Idiotech, and it's fucking awesome. I love that song, dude. dude oh, I, it's so good. Radiohead like hits this fucking oh, rap back to Phoebe. She does a great version of Fake Plastic Trees, and you can find it online. You look at. I mean, especially in, in the genres we love. Yeah. You look at any of those musicians, you can find them covering Radiohead. Radiohead, at, I at think, any point. just like, a, I mean, they're my favorite band. They're fucking stupid good. I don't know what. They're I, amazing. Like, I, I, I honestly think in 50 years, what, however many years, you're going to look back and be like, but yeah, f- fucking Radiohead was the best <laughs> band of that generation. Like, fucking 90, mid 90s to like, fucking yeah. now. They're just. It's like the thing where good. you look back through history, you're like, okay, Mozart. Uh, Bach, Debussy, Beatles, fucking Beatles, uh, Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> fuck you, Radiohead, fucking Weezer, Radiohead. <laughs> um, okay, so what's the best Radiohead album? I love the Benz, and I know it's not the best one. Kid A is probably the best one, yes. but uh, I, the Benz just does it for me. Like uh-huh. that's, I could if that that's were the only album. Radiohead album, I could live with that. I Even wish it I was the, the sixties. What's your favorite track on the Benz? I just love uh, Iron Lung. My Iron Lung. Really? It's so cool. The yeah, swell dude. in the guitar. I love that song. It was dude. that, I think, and Just were both on the top 100 Rolling Stone guitar songs of all time. Yeah. Well, it's just stupid. They, they, they're one of those bands that mature with time. It's in, it, like, they could have, like, they were so popular. They could have, like, just, like, like bunkered down and been like, okay, we're a fucking rock band. People love us. We're going to do this shit. Yeah. And then they went completely experimental yeah. after that. Do you know uh, their song, Lift? I don't think so. It was released as um, when they did the 20th anniversary of OK Computer. They did, they released Lift, which they were opening, I believe, for Alanis Morissette Boom. on that tour oh, wow. <laughs> uh, for her Jagged Little Pill record with all those hits. That's like, you know, an amazing album. Anyway, and um, they did, you know, all those OK Computer tracks, Paranoid Android, whatever. And they threw this song Lift in there. And it was this huge hit on tour. And there's all these live recordings of them doing it. And they purposefully did not put it on a record because they didn't want to blow up on the radio. It's like this crazy thing that they just released it a couple years ago when it was the 20th anniversary. Um, And it was just like this pop masterpiece. And it sounds like it could just be on... It could have been the biggest Radiohead song. It could have overcome Creep as the biggest Radiohead song of all time, and they purposefully excluded it from the record because they did not want to be. It's it's amazing. And they and they do that. They did that with uh, True Love Waits too. Like yeah, they, True Love they, Waits. They wrote that song twenty years ago, and, and they it, released it with a uh, Moonshape Pool. Moonshape Pool. Yeah, they they literally waited fifteen years to be like, okay, we finally figured out a version we want to put on an album. I, but they they constantly do this thing where they're just like, we're who we are, we're gonna play the way we play, which is amazing. Any any live recording of Radiohead you've ever seen, they're playing the best. They're, yeah. yeah, they're playing the best, literally the best that you can play. They do that right there. Talk live. about Moog synths. So uh, when they do Idiotech live and Johnny Greenwood does the actual patching, it's fucking of their, stupid. Uh, modular synths on stage. It's so cool. Those guys, those guys are literally, I, I've, I've said this multiple times to you, Cooper, but they're literally fucking the Beatles of our generation. Where, totally, where 100%. They, where they 
they started as more of a pop. Like, I mean, creep is there. Like, you go to the, the a there, random I person. I saw her standing there. Yeah, you go to a random yeah. person. You're like Radiohead, and they're like, "Oh, creep," yeah. you know. And they're like, "That's the band," and you like realize that that's the beginning. And they didn't like stick with that. They didn't like focus on like being like a rock kind of alternative fucking group. Dude, kid. They, Fucking A. Yeah, they do baby. Kid A, which is this fucking culmination of like electronica and all this stuff that's like early 2000. It came out in 2000, right? 1999, yeah. 2000. 2000. And they fucking just turned all of what they've done, all their pop, uh, why they're popular, they turn it on its head and they're like, yeah, we did fucking OK Computer and we did Paranoid Android and we did fucking Karma Police and all this shit that like people jam out to. They're like, let's fucking do an electronica album. And the warmth of those. Oh, it's fucking incredible. It's it's like they uh they fucking. I don't I don't I don't I really don't know how to explain it, but that that like spoke to me so much as a musician. But it's it's yeah, me too. Yeah. But it's even so when you're talking about the bends, it's like even like it's just as good. Yeah. Just like a different genre, you know. It's like each their rock album album is like a progression. It's so cool. Kid A hits hard and then fucking OK Computer. They're all great. Amnesiac. Dude. Amnesia, yeah, so like right there in the middle. Can't get into Amnesiac. amnesiac. I, what? I've tried. Uh, Never heard Pact? Dude, I mean, Pact I, is one of my favorite songs of all time. I need to like <laughs> sit down with it because I, I, I just feel like, for one thing, Kid A is really important to me just because that's that's when I, I got into it in college. Uh, I've talked about this on another episode, but I did Salvia to it one time. Oh, shit. Uh, and I, we used to sync that up with the, the Matrix because it goes perfect. When Morpheus is coming out of the chains, out of the handcuffs, National oh, Anthem's yeah. playing. Oh, yeah. Oh. You hear just like this, 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 the bass line, and he's like coming up, and it's in slow motion, and it sounds like the song is in slow motion. When he's so like, dope. And he jumps into the yeah, helicopter. Dude, so cool. Shit was tight. What about In Rainbows? Where does that fit? Uh, I like In Rainbows. I like the singles from In Rainbows more than as a whole. Dude, have I'm you done the OK Computer In Rainbows playlist? Yes, I have. Maybe. I, I with finally, the crossfade, the ten second crossfade. Oh my yeah, God, dude, it's, it's so dope. I think it makes both of the albums better. Yeah, totally. Wait, what is it? So you stagger the tracks, so it's like they uh, match up. Yeah, uh, what it's airbag and then fifteen step. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, did, paranoid Wait. android is that the second on? No, it's it's farther in, but it's second or third. Yeah, but what? Oh, it, the second song is paranoid android. Really? They're they're ten years apart. In Rainbows, OK Computers has the same amount of letters in the, both first and second word. And if you, like... like it's, like, it's crazy, dude. You <laughs> no stagger way. it. There's actually... Play, if you go on Spotify, the people have made playlists. And then you, you set the crossfade to 10 seconds. And it what? goes perfectly. They made one big out. album Incredible. out of these two albums. It's, they did what it on the purpose. Fuck? It's in, I, I, I can't I believe you haven't done it. Have you ever done... In Rainbows <laughs> is my favorite album of all time. It's like, bar none, number one album Okay, what's the best song on that? record I, I start to finish you can play that whole thing what's the worst song then uh worst song wakey wakey rise and shine it's, it's on again, again off again, again. yeah no that song's great anyway so have there's you ever no done, worst song on that album have it's you ever done uh perfect dark side of the moon to wizard of us yeah, that's oh yeah, yeah I've seen that they they showed at, 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 at college yeah. he did that i remember they my had, first like, mushroom trip <laughs> okay pat that's what kind of got us I into that Food documentary. I remember my first food documentary. <laughs> they, they, uh, there is the, the local theater. They did that. They, it was, yeah. it was on four twenty. That's so um, cool. and I remember they originally because I was part of MEC for a little bit, the music entertainment company or club, whatever committee. 
And they had talked about getting a live band to do it, and we were like, "There's no way you can do this live." Yeah, that'd like be you, tough. So, but they ended up getting like uh, you know, the recording, and everything, and it was it was pretty cool. There's no bad song in Rainbows. <laughs> I went back to look at the track listing. I was like, "What's my least favorite song?" There is there is no bad song in Rainbows. For a it, long time, I thought that videotape was bad. You can look at you can look at like the fucking the B sides for In Rainbows and find great songs on that too. Yeah, it's in, it's like Pinkerton. Well, Amnesiac is the B sides from Kid A. Yeah, and it's great. But like you like Weezer, Pinkerton, they released that later. They released like the, all the B sides afterwards, and there's some fucking there's five, there's four or five great songs on yeah, the B sides. You gave your love to me softly. I think yeah, with a chick singing, right? Oh, I don't know. I haven't heard that. Oh, we're gonna listen to it right <laughs> after this. Okay, there's some fucking great tracks, but in Rainbows, Disc Two. Last Flowers, Go Slowly, great tracks. Mark Two, great track. Um, Zach, you're in on this too. You need to shout. Uh, <laughs> who do y'all think is the most overrated band of all time? You too. I mean, that's a, that's a that's fair a one. That's an easy answer. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> Shut up. Literally, that's like the coldest take I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen's pretty fucking bad. You are so wrong with everything. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Led Zeppelin is like really bad. And they fucking So the thing is, I credit. think what you're doing is you're saying like, well, who are like the most highly coveted people of all time? And who do you just personally not like? <laughs> um, so Robert the, Plant's a fucker. You're a fool, I think is what you're saying out loud. <laughs> um, so you, let's mute that mic for a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't think of, like, I feel like any answer I give is going to be, like, the contrarian pick. Because, like, That's I feel. That's cool. That's I, what Pat's done this whole episode. <laughs> he stole my vibe. I'm sorry. No. Uh, Bitch, don't steal my vibe. Hey, kill my vibe. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like overrated doesn't necessarily mean bad. But I feel like, yeah. like I, I feel like, to put this in, like, a sports term, like, Tom Brady is equally overrated and underrated. Fuck you. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm a, I'm a huge Patriots fan here over on the side. We're not of the talking table. Patriots on this podcast. <laughs> fucking, uh, my dad is from Boston. I grew up like a fucking brainwashed Patriots fan, <laughs> and I saw the whole thing. I was like a fucking ten year old, and saw a fucking Tom Brady win the 2001 shut fucking up, Super Bowl. Shut up, mute and that mic. Fucking <laughs> mute that mic. Okay, mute that microphone. But uh, but in, in a sense, like I, it, you know, <laughs> I. I I grew up kind of. My dad's a big Zeppelin fan, and oh, I yeah. feel like he. From there, I moved in with a guy who was like a huge Zeppelin fan. Yeah, and he kind of ruined Zeppelin for me. Zeppelin so, sucks. When, okay. <laughs> so when I when I moved to Nashville, um, per Patrick's my, recommendation, yeah, per Patrick Mars recommendation, <laughs> I moved back. Spoiler alert. One year, one year later, <laughs> you're like Patrick's a fuck lord. Why did he tell me to move there? Yeah, so uh, I had a very good friend there named Michael Dino, and he hated the Who, and he thought they were like the most overrated band of all time. Bobo Riley? Did you say Bobo? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yes. So yeah, that's. I think they do that one song. <laughs> anyway, um, I like with those bands. It's almost like I was like raised and brought up in the type of situation where Led Zeppelin, The Who, The Beatles, ACDC, they were never over pushed to me. It was just like the perfect amount of like these guys are legends. So I hold them so highly in my mind. And I got super into like Quadrophenia and Tommy right around that time. And so he 
talk shit about the who it's a direct quote that he said they're just like a mediocre band with like a shitty singer and i'm <laughs> That's like bullshit yeah dude that is bullshit so i made like a this giant flow chart of like <laughs> why the who rocks and let me tell you something i'll make one of those about led zeppelin for you guys <laughs> in about five minutes what do you got right there pat's Pat's been on his phone half this episode. I, I'm just like that's looking, called disrespect. No, I no, think. No, 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 no. I think that's when you look up in the dictionary and say uh, disrespect. I'm, I'm looking for like best bands of all times that I fucking hate. Uh, if we're going the opposite route, I feel like Din Lizzy is the most underrated band of all time. I feel like I was forced to like hate the Eagles because of the Big Lebowski. I have this theory that the Eagles are like Sublime is the Eagles of the '90s because everyone. Who likes them is ashamed to say that they like them. <laughs> and Hotel California is Santeria because, like, that's their big song. That's it is. and Take It Easy is what I, I, I love. That. That's a good. That's a great comparison. That is a good comparison because they're both like breezy California music yeah. that you're never gonna turn off when it comes on, but uh, you're never gonna tell your friends that it's your favorite it. band. I love that a lot of rappers, especially like the Long Beach rappers, love Sublime and they love Bradley Noel. Like Vince Staples just loves Bradley. Moore. I love Sublime, yeah, for sure. It, like I, I never say like, "Hey man, they're my favorite band." <laughs> but that's another one that self-titled record. Uh, when my sister would drive me to school when I was in eighth grade, that's some <laughs> shit right there. I love that. Santeria was one of the first like guitar solos I ever learned. Like the, oh, the yeah. real guitar solos. Like if you want to count, uh, Teen Spirit. That's just yeah. barely a guitar solo. But Santeria, I remember like laboring over my guitar. Yeah. And I still can't play it like perfect now. Neither can I. I it's like everybody learns kind of a version yeah. that they make <laughs> up. Yeah. Would you say Nirvana or Pixies? Pixies, definitely. Nirvana. I, there is no Nirvana without act. Pixies. Would you take U2? Yes. Or. <laughs> um. Would you take you two or the Grateful Dead? Grateful Dead. Dude. What about y'all? <laughs> Grateful Dead. I just can't stand you two. I think Joshua Tree is amazing, but Joshua everything Tree else that Bono great. just kills them for me. Um, so when y'all had Brandon on, did you talk a lot of Grateful Dead? Yeah. I listened to clips of that sewed. It's a we we go pretty in depth. We talk a little bit about Eric Clapton and uh, we talked a lot about Eric Clapton actually and George Harrison. Um, what was the consensus on Harrison? We, oh, we love Harrison. George Harrison, my favorite Beatle. He's your favorite Beatle. Yeah, I just I think he just as a, from a personality standpoint, that's a hot take. <laughs> I'm not saying he's the best Beatle. I just think he's he's my favorite. Though I fucking love Wings. Yeah. So Paul McCartney is is I mean Wings. Yeah. When it comes to so, like post Beatles career, I think I truly feel like yeah. I mean like uh, it's stupid. Wings. It's stupid that McCartney and Lennon were as good as they were. Like, that is so dumb. Like, you think about <laughs> two people who are just excellent at, like, writing a good song with great lyrics and, like, a cool production element. Those guys are they fucking... They geniuses. They're fucking stupid good But the thing that. is that's crazy is, like, I go between, like, George Harrison and Paul McCartney, and then when I'm hanging out with Pat for an extended amount of time, John Lennon, like, oh, this is my favorite Beatle of all time. I've never said that about Ringo. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ringo. I mean... I never once said Ringo but, is my favorite But he, has, he never had the... To, to give him credit, he never had the opportunity to be the best Beatle. He absolutely did. He was in the no. best band of all time. Yeah, but like he's he was, got all the time he in the world. The he's the role. only one that's like alive and doesn't look like a 
90 year old woman like Paul McCartney. <laughs> he did. never fucking lit his soul on fire and like offered it to the fucking listening gods. He was just there for the ride, I feel. Yeah. You ever hear that song, Photograph? Yeah, by, <laughs> by Nickelback. <laughs> okay, so Nickelback or Trapped? Oh, Jesus Christ. Nickelback. <laughs> What's your favorite Christian band of all time? Skillet. Fucking DC Talk. Or fucking <laughs> we talked about DC Talk. <laughs> Fuck DC Talk. Hey, this is my episode. All right, we're not talking. Christian. So I have to bring this back to 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 Phoebe Bridgers. Um, oh man, I went too far. No, it's this stuff. was fun. Uh, this I'm is sorry. a lot. Of, no, this is fine. I mean, every episode is different. Um, but I want to I want to give Phoebe Bridgers, uh, you know, the the time that she deserves. That's true. She deserves. But uh, and she's got that lyric in uh, was it the Moon Song? Moon Song. About n- hating tears from heaven, but it's sad that his baby died. Yeah, and that was my introduction to Eric Clapton. I think it's it, it's funny because in interviews she's like, I don't even hate that song. I just thought it was kind of poetic, which I feel like describes her music perfectly because yeah. she's, for one thing, hearing her in interviews, she sounds like a big sister. Like she sounds like the type of like sister who would like not let you listen to her CDs and stuff and. Yeah. learning what i've learned about her she's got this very like kind of like snotty like in a very fun way <laughs> and her music just sounds i mean you've mentioned um uh joni mitchell i get a lot of carly simon from her too yeah and she's got like she doesn't sing the way she talks which i mean obviously she's a singer but there's just so many aspects of her as as a musician that i think are just portrayed in her like attitude and how, yeah. how she is and i think that's just like the perfect way to it's envelop very her. cool yeah definitely i think uh I'd probably share her sentiment on Eric Clapton. She has said that he is mediocre. <laughs> and I I would agree. I think in terms of... So you mentioned earlier, you snuck it in there, the Rolling Stone best guitarists and best guitar songs and stuff like that. Um, Eric Clapton's on everybody's list of like best <laughs> guitarists of all time. And when it comes down to it, he, I think, you say, you take like the top five, top ten, whatever, Hendrix... Uh, Jimmy Page. Jeff Beck whatever. gets Jeff, underrated. Jeff Beck is great. Keith Richards, Pete Townsend, all this stuff. Prince is definitely Prince up is there. Prince is fantastic. Um, there's a lot of those guys that people refer to as like those guitar heroes. And Clapton's always up there. What new did he bring <laughs> other than just like have he you heard pushed of, a tube amp have a you, little further? Have you heard of a pentatonic skill? I have heard of the pentatonic. And it's sad because I myself utilize a lot of pentatonic but i think that eric clapton there was a certain point in his career when he stopped focusing on pushing guitar and just started singing and he's never been a great singer and those tears in heaven years (laughs) were like the height of him just be like dude you're not a good singer you're not that great of a guitar player like shut your mouth have you heard of heroin yeah i have heard of a little heroin (laughs) in terms of but anyway so um i think that it's funny that she it's such like a heavily opinionated person. Yeah, I love it. That's that's what draws me to her. Um, In a way, this whole episode was a tribute to that part of her. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot that. of opinions around. But here's the thing about her: she's is got hot takes. She does have hot takes. Um, you said that she doesn't sing like she talks, you know, and she's got in her records like such a like delicate vocal. And then when she talks, it's like such a like surfer bro California. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yo, fucking Eric Clapton sucks ass. Um, which I, I like a lot um, because I like thinking that if you were to distill like 
what say Patrick and I do, like both of our things that we recorded today are pretty like soft, but then Patrick gets pretty vulgar. I get pretty loud with my opinions and stuff. And I like thinking that like, that's okay. Like Phoebe is like the most delicate vocalist that I think I've heard in a long time. And it's so much like of that like close mic. ASMR-y type. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And there's a lot of doubling. It's very Elliot Smith and very cool. And then in her interviews, it's not like she's like Bjork where she's like, <laughs> it's like, she's like, yeah, what the, f-? you know, fuck Eric Clapton's shit. <laughs> and it's like, cool. You know, it's, it's like, it's just her personality. It's like so honest. And I think that her songwriting is honest. And I like that she doesn't shy away from writing melodies or progressions or whatever that like might be a little poppy or whatever in like the best possible way but there's always an element that's like got some edge and you know it's cool yeah definitely i i I think that's what i like it but that's what's kind of drawn me to her very similar like julian baker has that same type of but yeah personality is very different too. and i love that coming together have you heard uh graceland 2 off of the Punisher album? No. Because the other women from uh, Boy Genius sing backup on that song. And it's so cool. It's like a very country folk song. There's a lot of banjo, some fiddle and stuff. And I did a banjo like cover in like 30 seconds of it on Instagram. And Phoebe Bridgers fire reacted to my <laughs> post. That's and that was the best day that I've had in a long time. Um, but yeah, that she's... That's another thing. So she's got that song that's like a pure country song, totally backed up to I Know the End at the end of that album that turns into like a massive like metal explosion at the end. But then it's got like Dylan stuff. It's got like contemporary pop stuff. Like she spans all these genres, but I really respect artists that can go all over the place but have like a common thread. Yeah. Uh, you know. It sounds familiar but not like a rehash. Yeah, totally. I think that's what she does really well. I yeah, I feel like her album builds perfectly towards yeah. that last song. It explodes. And that last song just like hits and she's like screaming at the end of it. Yeah. And you're just like, fuck yeah, like this she just like made up like a great, great, great album and like built perfectly up to that like climax and then it's you're just like insane. Yes. Like at yeah. the end you're just like it's like I feel good. Like yeah, she screamed. I screamed. Like in fucking my heart or my fucking head or wherever you. Fucking it's scream. a. Do y'all have? I mean, I can guess this from the music that you've told us that you enjoy. Do you have certain stuff that like you'll be driving solo late at night that you put on just to just to sob? Can I get a goddamn timpani roll? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just start this goddamn circle. song. I, I wanted to start the podcast off this way tonight. <laughs> I uh, I drove to Houston for a gig like last month or something, and it was like pretty, you know, soon after Punisher came out, and I put on I know the end. I was sobbing, dude. It right. was like I f- I feel really bad because I heard that song like months before you did because she like did it on uh like Instagram, an Instagram live, live yeah. shit. And like I thought I had sent it to you. You and, didn't. And you were like, I didn't hear the song until the album came out. I was like, I I'm pretty sure I sent That's you. Like, like, I've known this song for years. Too. Yeah, like she's like fucking <laughs> played I knew it like, on way it. before you did. Yeah, like this was fucking cool before you were cool, brother. Well, you're older. <laughs> Your Pat's old, dude. I love that song. It's good. There's a there's a, a singer, Lara Stevenson, who I feel is really underrated. And a lot of I mean, I 
I love Laura Stevens. I think Phoebe Bridges is, is more talented in, in what she does. But I hear a lot of it reminds a lot of Phoebe's stuff reminds me of Laura Stevenson. There's this one room I think it's called Big Room New York by Laura Stevenson that is like the most. I don't even I don't even pay attention to the lyrics. Just the way she sings is like the most heartbreaking song. And that's that's like I feel like I get that out of out of Phoebe's yeah, music definitely. as well. Yeah, there's a I mean a lot of songs by Phoebe that for some reason it's just like such a combination of the vocal tone, the instrumentation when she hits those minor chords and stuff and savior complex. It's like that G to G minor. I think she does it whatever A to A minor because we did it in D. Yeah. That that like little those things in a progression again that you've heard a million times and then for some reason it's it just it just still br- hits it, you. It breaks with her voice, you know? It's yeah. like it's like a climax. It like is like fucking going up the hill and then it like just fucking breaks to that minor chord. Yeah. And you're like, fuck. And then that <laughs> the, that E seven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it, it, nice. it just takes you on this journey. Yeah. You, you, the the melody is familiar. You've heard it before. You've heard like this this you know, it's just an epic like climb to a break to and it just pulls you through. Yeah. And the lyrics pull you through. It's cinematic in a way. Yeah, totally. no, it really is. Do you ever listen to Natalie Prass? No. She's like a singer-songwriter. Kind of got some, in the most recent album that came out a couple years ago, there's a song I'm sure you guys have heard, uh, Short Court Style. But she put out an album uh, when I was living in Nashville, and I think she was living in Nashville at the time. Really interesting to come full circle. She was dating Ryan Adams at the time. Boo. And Wait, really? Yeah. And it was maybe 2014, 2015. And I went to go see her do promote the album at Grimey's in Nashville. And Ryan Adams was there. And there were shout like, out Grimey's, Grimey's record store. Um, and there were like 20 people there. And Ryan Adams was in the group and she called him out and he played a Janet Jackson song with her. And it was super lame. That's, but, <laughs> um, that's fucking cool. That's like a, a fucking like, well, it would have been cool if he wasn't a goddamn. But had he been Loser. had he been called out for being a piece of shit yet? No, it was yeah. it was so it was interesting because this was before I even had any idea of who Phoebe was. But uh, me and that guy Dino who hated the the Who, we went to go see Natalie Press at Grimey's. Fuck the Who, shut up! And um, he brought up like a Ryan Adams came up, and it's very cinematic, almost like Disney esque, like fairy tale orchestral stuff. That I feel like was such like this weird concept to me, but now you have say Connor Oberst bringing in a giant orchestra section into the studio, Father John Misty, Phoebe, whatever, bringing in strings into the studio, doing these like very cinematic pop arrangements of string music. Well, I love it because it's it, that can't be cheap hiring like five or six, ten. Fucking yeah, symphony huge. musicians to come in and play strings on your fucking album, but it takes it back to the seventies when it's like it's incredible. Gordon Lightfoot and you know it, it Jim really, Croce. It carries you through because I mean you can hear when it's fake. You can hear when it's like a keyboard mimicking an orchestra. Yeah, or mimicking like oh this is the strings playing. They like spend the time and it sometimes to takes arrange it for five instruments. You it's, know, or it more. takes it takes a whole day of recording, which is expensive yeah you know like that that's and then you're paying studio musicians to go it's they spend they spend two or three days to record their album they're playing like their guitar part and their singing part and they spend two or three days they spend a whole day or two on these symphony musicians and it costs as much as they just spent on themselves to record the album and they they find value in their like 
let's get the real thing. Let's like yeah. teach them the part. Let's like get it over our playing, and let's turn this into a whole fucking cinematic a movement dude it's beautiful i mean and you hear it and you like you appreciate a little bit more than if it wasn't there you appreciate you're like this feels like there's feeling in this there's fucking someone took the time to learn this part and to fucking play into it yeah i love it awesome well (laughs) sorry uh, that just no no it's cool yeah, I love it. It's it's uh it's fun to kind of digress from there, and and I mean that's I think the point of this podcast is to talk about music, what music means to you guys. So um so yeah, uh any any final thoughts? I know we kind of plugged on the last one. Any plugs? Any additional plugs or anything? You got any plug, Cooper? I got a plug. It's called Cover Stories. I appreciate that. Fuck no, yeah! <laughs> no, seriously, that was it was such a fun day. Thank awesome. you guys very much for. And you guys got a band too, Favorite Son. I do. Yeah, Favorite Son. We haven't done. A damn thing since this COVID nineteen, the COVID twenty. I think actually at this point it's like twenty one, twenty two, COVID twenty two. I, I guess no. Uh, yeah, we haven't done anything in a little bit, but uh, I'm recording an album, solo album right now. That the song that I did that was like a solo track that'll be on there. Uh, but yeah, no, seriously, this was like the funnest time that I've had in, in awesome. a while. It's super nice hang out with you guys and everything thank you oh thank you thank you guys for coming on um this is the first time we did a double header but it was, it was a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> sorry we took up nine hours of your time <laughs> no, today <laughs> i think it was worth it i got i got to say a lot of stuff i know i'm sure pat got to get a lot of things off yeah, his pat chest. had some ice cold takes but <laughs> that's cool. it was great <laughs> it was great guys so coming up next we've got cooper and pat coming covering savory complex by phoebe Bridgers.
You want blood And I promised I'm a bad liar With a savior complex All the skeletons he hides